You got the chill. The chill, chill, chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven position groups that are bad. So here's the deal. Seven position groups that they stink. That's how I interpret what he said. You can make an argument because of the unknown. I'll give you unknowns. Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. Uh-oh. Matt Hamilton, hot take. Matt, Matt Hamilton, Stephen A. Hamilton. Was it even that Stephen hot? A. Rutledge. Oh, I don't even think it was that hot. You're Mr. Positive, though, Matt Hamilton. Yeah, and, so and I'm when a you, big Packer fan. You are. So when you say things that can be perceived as negative, well, then they're going to react to it, Matt Hamilton. Yeah, I mean, here's the deal. So Tauscher's absolutely right. Um, I think I kind of mentioned it a little. I touched on it at least on that show where they took that clip. There's a lot of unknowns with it. Well, let's 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 play the clip again. Okay, okay. So unmuddied by the open there. Let's get into it. This is Rutledge and Hamilton. We're presented by Coors Light. If the mountains are blue, you know what to do. And that's crush a Coors Light. And Matt Hamilton got crushed on Willie and Tausch earlier today. You can get and into on the Twitter, show and 844-770-3776. You can chime in to see if uh, Willie and Tausch were fair to Matt Hamilton. But let's hear Matt Hamilton's take first, and then right afterwards we'll hear Tausch and Willie's reaction to it. I've never seen a Green Bay Packers team with more question marks. Ever. A long time. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven position groups that are bad. Uh, wide receivers? I'm, I'm going to say they're, it's an unknown. So I'll give Hamilton that. It's an unknown. Oh. Tight end. That's not, but, but wait a minute. That's, whoa, whoa, wait. Before you keep going, uh, uh, is he saying that they could be bad or they are bad because unknown means they could be bad or they could be good. We don't know, which I feel like had he said unknown instead of bad, I'd be on his team. I believe the criteria that they measured this with was, would you give them by a letter grade a C or worse? A no, C there's or a bunch worse. of incompletes. Well, then right now, if it's an incomplete, that would be worse than a C. So if we're approaching it with that logic... Well, I haven't even taken a test yet, some of them. So there it is, Matt Hamilton. What do you got? Well, I basically, I, I see where Wildy's coming from. and But I, I basically, Jesse set it up perfectly. Like, we have these people, these untested, unknown rookies right now. They don't have a grade, which by that standard, by schooling standards, no grade is worse than a C, right? That's incomplete. You didn't take the class. So uh, it's not necessarily that I think they're bad, but right now right now they're bad until I'm proven otherwise. They're, they don't know. So, like, going into it and saying, like, this uh, seven position groups are bad, yeah, there's a lot of them that are unknown. And then when you look at if you really want to break down the position groups, there is not that much depth. If we lose Christian Watson to an injury, we – we as Packer fans, and yes, I will continue to do that. If we as Packer fans lose a guy like Christian Watson, we are in some serious trouble at wide receiver. We have Romeo Dobbs, who is a maybe, and then we have a bunch of unknowns, right? And then at tight end, we ha- we already have question marks because we have two rookies and two guys that are still on the rookie deal. We don't know what we have in them. I kind of think that... Who's who's the two tight ends that we got uh, the rookies this year's trophy? Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave. Tucker Craft. He seems more like the blocking tight end. He's going to be more of a pass protector, running, running, block, run blocking tight end. And then Musgrave kind of seems like your pass attack guy. If we lose one of them, I don't think the other guy is going to be able to do what the uh, the injured guy was doing. Like if Musgrave goes down, I don't expect Craft to be able to go out and be the pass catcher that Musgrave is. And I don't expect Musgrave to be the, the run blocker or pass protector that Kraft is. So, like, we not only do we have question marks at a lot of these positions, we have, like, very little depth. And that depth goes into more question marks. So it's just, 
Right now, until proven otherwise, I think it's fair to say that we have seven bad position groups. So I would like to point out, as you go to the depth side of things, Matt Hamilton, Christian Watson had an injury history in college, and he had some injuries in the NFL. He missed some games. Four or six games, And he missed some times in games there as well. Luke Musgraves played six games in 2020, and then put 10 in 2021, and then two Last season, so I'm not saying he's going to be hurt or, right. or you know. Last season play. was probably a little bit like you can come back and play, or you can just stay healthy, stay off the field. You're still going to be a high round draft pick. I don't know enough about the injury to to to, conf- to confidently say that. Right. That seems like a lot. It of It just miss. seems like something that would happen if there's any sort of slight injury to a potential high draft pick that in your senior year. Or the year that you're going to announce yourself for the draft that you don't finish it. There's, we talked about that last season, all the guys that didn't want to play the bowl games. Yeah, bowl game's different. He missed. He played the first two games and then had MCL surgery. Oh. So I would say Straight that, up out for season. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was not just like sat and relax, you know, like rested. I get what right. you're saying, but no, he only played two games last year. So, so that's, that's going to be, that adds a question mark on top of the big rookie question mark he already carries. Oh, by the way, do you know the, uh, I believe... The most amount of catches for a Packers tight end rookie? I feel like we talked about it. I think, was it like 45, 50? No. Way too high? That's like all time for a rookie. I'm talking for the Green Bay Packers as a rookie tight end. Oh, uh, I guess let's go lower. We'll go 30. You are a little bit off, but close enough. Now, who was it, Matt Hamilton? Alex Schoff, you can make a guess as well. 844-770-3776. You can chime in too. Who has the most amount of catches for a Packers rookie tight end. And I'm pulling this directly from, I think, Jen uh, Gabe and Chewy. So, <laughs> Is it Mark Tamura? I don't know. No, it's not Mark Tamura. Okay. But it's from their show. <laughs> okay. That, I was just wondering if that was something like Chewy pulled. Uh... So if you're a fan of the stations, you should, like, this was a poll question of do you think he'll go over or under this number? As much of a fan of that show as I am, I did not see this. I, so I, the number's is 34. It, so is let it... me ask you that one first. 34. Musgrave over or under 34 catches as a rookie for the Green Bay Packers. That's two a game? Mm-hmm. Assuming no injury. I think he'll go over. I'm going to take under based on history. Again, Since nobody, think, nobody else in Packers history has ever gone 35, I'm going to take the under. <laughs> so this right? person's career high, and he's a good tight end, was 54. I, I think I know who it is. Can I, can I submit my guess, yes. considering he was a first-round pick? I'm going to go Bubba Franks. Bubba Franks is correct. 34 ah, nice. catches his first year. The most. Then he caught 36 the following year, and then 54, and then 30 the rest of the way. So Bubba Franks, and it's a different era, but still a beloved tight end a very productive tight end for the Green Bay Packers, averaged with the Green Bay Packers essentially 34 or 35 catches a year. Let's he had go! One outlier of 54, and then he had two years where he got caught 25, so we can just ground that to about 35 catches. So I think every fan base is guilty of this. Just because a tight end looks like a good player doesn't mean they're Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah, or, just, Mark or George or, uh, Kittle or any like. Yeah. Most likely, they are just nice ancillary pieces that will make some plays for you throughout the year. Yeah, I mean, look, even Kyle Pitts didn't do that, and he was supposed to be like one of the best tight ends to come out in like decade. Right. How many? Just on this tight end thing, Robert Tunyon, an amazing twenty twenty season. Yeah, what do you have? Ten touchdowns. Eleven. Eleven touchdowns. How many? Let's go over this number. Over under fifty two for Luke Musgrave. Musgrave. 52 catches? Yep. Under. All right, so uh, Strophy. I took the under at 34. Well, I want Strophy on this oh. one. Over under 52 catches for Musgrave this year. This year? Yeah. That's like two and a half a game. It's, it's under. He's, because he's going to be somewhere between 34 and 52. So I, I, that's just what I. And I win offensive rookie of the year as I've been uh, promoting <laughs> the last couple of weeks. Yeah, that's right. Bob Tunyon. Yeah. Who had an amazing year with the the Packers in 2020? 52 catches, 586 yards, 11 touchdowns. Oh, by the way, Tony had more catches with the Packers last year than he did that year. He had 53 catches. The rest of the numbers were down. But my point being, in the Packers' offense last year, Bob Tunyon, the only serviceable tight end on the team, 53 catches, 470 yards, two touchdowns. Mm. And he's a veteran. I think you could be excited about Luke Musgrave and not. A, you know, basically project on him that he's George Kittle or Travis Kelsey. 
If he's Bob but that's, Tut- that's what I'm saying we should do with the entire yes. seven position groups. Let's hope that they're going to be good. Let's hope that that ceiling's super, super high. But let's not put that expectation on them. They are not good until they prove me wrong. Can I just a side note here? Robert Tunyon's mom's name <laughs> is Tammy Tunyon. Wow. That's just it's a strong name. But, like, that's a chosen. That's by choice. Because she started dating Bob Tunyon's dad, who's Bob Tunyon, and said... Well, you don't know what her maiden name was. Do you think it was Tunyon? No, but it could have been... I don't know. So, Jim, you are you are proclaiming you do believe in soulmates now. No, I am proclaiming that I think... I always... I, it's not proclaiming. I am asking the question. Do women at all ever think, and I've asked you before, like, hey, if, if, I, if this goes along, I'm going to be Tammy Tunyon. <laughs> I mean... That, honestly, a good question. I'm sure, yeah, people obviously think about it. We asked this question before with uh, whoever ends up uh, marrying Kansas draft pra- uh, prospect Grady Dick. Right, right. I mean, like, you just does it cross your mind at all? Because, no, I don't believe in soulmates. So I would think that if I was... <laughs> so romantic. <laughs> do you, oh, you know what? Your soulmate seems to be within a 20-mile radius and probably in a similar geographical and uh, socioeconomical range. What a coincidence. <laughs> what a coincidence. Uh, hey, now. But that's why I would say that I would advise my daughters to be like, just FYI, this dude's got a weird last name. Don't bother because you don't want to end up. There's plenty of fish in the sea. Just date someone different. <laughs> that's such a terrible take. No, it's not. Yes. There are oh, no, so many. There's so many worthy people to date out there in the world and marry. If it, if you look at it, like what happens if Magnolia is like dates some guy with the last name Marvels? Is Magnolia Marvels? Like no, just awesome. Immediately, you sound no. Like a superhero. Yeah, that is a superhero. Well, name. give that me a horrible is. example. All right, All right I'll well, give you an just, example. Just Grady say, Dick. Yeah. I don't want my daughters to date Grady Dick. Well, the good news is, Jim, none of your daughters are named Lucy. Right. <laughs> Nobody? <laughs> I'm not I'm not giving it to you. Hey now. <laughs> I thought it was funny. All right. I can't be wealth managed, but they take the time <laughs> to truly get to know and understand the dynamics of your values, goals, and plans for your family. No family fits your generic mold, and neither should your financial plan. At Canopy, their clients' financial goals are something they're constantly striving to help reach maximum potential, which is why they work solely in your best interest. You define your goals. They work hard towards making them happen. Go to canopywealth.com. That's canopy-wealth.com. Matt, so are you standing by your bold take? Yeah, I mean, I say again, the rookies are incomplete right now. We do not know what they have, so they currently have a failing grade. So until they go out and can prove me wrong, like, we're going to reassess this after, like, week four, like, each week, we're, we're going to touch on this kind of thing. So I leave the right open to change my mind on this. But for right now, there's seven position groups that are question mark slash bad. Oh, that's, that's my concession. I won't stand completely on the bad part. I will go question mark slash bad. So the thing that, Matt, you should be standing on is that we said it that, hey, you just wrapped up. You know, Jason got caught up in like, oh, these are pre-grades, whatever. You wrapped up summer school. Mm-hmm. And at the end of summer school, we did an exercise and said, where is this team at the end of summer school today? We're not saying they can't get better. Yeah. You sent them I home mean, with notes. There's more practices. There's preseason games. These, I assume they're going to be but, better than they are right now. But the number one thing for all these position groups is depth. And The Athletic just did a podcast about teams who seriously are thinking they can win the Super Bowl. Packers not on that list. They didn't say the right. Packers were going to be bad, but the Packers are clearly not serious about winning the Super Bowl this year or doing anything in the playoffs. Could they get there? Sure. It's a very giant question mark division, but that doesn't change the Packers question marks of, one, unquestionably, best case scenario. You assume health for Watson and Dobbs and Musgrave, uh, just normal health. They're incredibly thin. If they go down at the wrong position, they miss a few games. Just normal health. Watson misses some games. Real question. What position could the Packers lose a guy and be, like, okay? One position, top of my head. Yeah, like running back? Yeah. Strove? 
Is there any other position on the team? Um, I mean, obviously, if we if the way we group these O line, right, is one right. I think about. Where there's some depth that, like, maybe you, you'd actually prefer to see, right? We don't know if Yash Nyman will be a starter this year. So, right, right. There's some depth in some positions. So, Center maybe it scares me. But guard and tackle, I feel okay with. Okay. Running back, I feel good with. And yeah, that's where I'm kind of at. Maybe edge rusher is like the one where you're going to have to see some depth early because Rashawn Gary won't be ready right away. And you feel okay with maybe if they flex Quay Walker out there. You drafted Lucas Van S. You feel pretty good about Kingsley Bear, as we, we call Kingsley and Ibarre, yeah. JJ right. Ibarre. But that's about it. I, right? I, I would say edge, O line, running back is it. And the Van S stuff is interesting to me because I do think he will be a good player, but let's go. It's probably at worth at least like. There's a reason why it was noted in his draft report that he was not a starter at Iowa. Now, he was the pass rusher. But right. what I'm saying is that he was already a situational player in college. and So he's not going to be like an every-down guy. And he's a guy that shot up the draft boards because of his physique and his workouts. So I'm not saying that he will be a bust. I'm saying that he reminds me more of Rashawn Gary, who took a little time to get to where he was at. That initially, Van Ness, I think, will have nice pieces and nice, like, this year. But I think that he is still, much like Watson, not ready for prime time this year. Yeah. If you're relying on him. to be an ascending player. He's an ascending player, but he's not ready for prime time this season. This Packer team is not ready for prime time. This is Rutledge and Hamilton. I'll ask you about soulmates next. (laughs) You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Where's Matt Hamilton? Not here, surprisingly. At least he's not on a sub. Am I right? Oh, what are you right about? I'm glad you're not on the sub. On the sub? Marine. Oh, yeah. Marine. Yeah, yeah I'm not. This I'm guy, I'm foodie about Hamilton. Yeah, what yeah. about a sub sandwich? Yeah, exactly. First place I went. <laughs> you, got Scooby, Food? you got a Scooby snack Food? Food? Come on, Shags. <laughs> Give me a Scooby snack. Uh, you don't get any snacks yet, Matt Hamilton. Coors Lighter for later. one. <laughs> 45 more minutes. <laughs> you are like a child. We have to give him snacks throughout the day. I know. Keep that blood sugar in, at a good a bottle of Coors. Rate, you know what I mean? You don't want me. Bottle of Coors Light. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like spiking and dropping. That's just bad news. Bad news. No sugar rushes. No. So, um, 844-770-3776. This is Rutledge and Hamilton. how you get into the show. I said that I do not believe in soulmates. Ripperona chimes in. Jim doesn't believe in soulmates. I'm shocked. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that was. But wait, how could you? I think he's saying how, like how sarcastically. You, I think he's being sarcastic. I know I'm that, shocked. but like shocked. I tell you, but like that doesn't make me a curmudgeon. Who like I want to pull this judgmental Jim. Believes you're not a judgmental Jim. Just because you don't love love doesn't mean you're a curmudgeon. Then, we're gonna pull it. What do you mean love love? Like soulmates <laughs> is ridiculous. Uh, it's such a. It's it's a even if you don't believe it, Jim, you can't deny it's something. It's fun to think about that it is that there might just be one person out there, and you. Do you know how, but wait, that's a cool thing. Or it's romantic. It's cute. No, or or if you're single, like oh my god, how where is this person? Maybe they're in Tahiti. Maybe they're in Peru. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they're nothing. in Germany. Maybe they're in China. Like you never find your soulmate. Isn't it really coincidental that your soulmate usually like. Went to the same college as you, or with is within a hundred miles of where you grew up. You trying to get me in trouble, Jim? So what I'm you saying is that, like, in trouble realistically, right I would be more likely <laughs> to be soulmates with my wife than most because I lived in Florida for a while. She's from a different part of Wisconsin. We do not share a lot of socioeconomic uh, background sort of things. Yet we're together. Like, or like I was thousands of miles away at one point. <laughs> I met on a rebound. We both met on rebounds. But, like, it's still, we're not calling each other soulmates. Hey, now. 
We just had a discussion of like, I can't even remember life before her. Like, we're in love and it's just part of our lives now. But we're not soulmates. Well, good for you for being comfortable enough in your relationship and marriage to say that. But I am not going to be on the record saying that. But you don't believe in soulmates? Yeah, you better believe that so if I say that, which I am not doing it and I will not do it. If I say that, I will get in trouble. Somebody right. will get that to my wife, and she will not be thrilled whether, <laughs> Your whether wife she will be believes upset. it or not. She might believe it, or she would be upset that I'm I not, didn't believe I'm it. I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not saying it. Soulmates are real, Jim, and I found mine. So I'm not saying <laughs> that she's not your soulmate. I'm saying they don't exist. <laughs> I'm not saying it. Sadler, I'm not going to agree with you. I'm not going to say Sadler chimes in, like I believe in soulmates. My girlfriend, Kayla, is my soulmate. Beautiful Sadler. Yes. Uh, but judgmental Jim, you don't. So does your wife know that? Yes. <laughs> she would not call me her soulmate. <laughs> um, see, I, and again, I, it's more soulmate. I'm just so impressed with the comfort that you have in your marriage that you can make this kind of bold statement and know that there's not going to be any repercussions. Because there will be for me, so I... Adamantly disagree Why would with there your be repercussions because I am married to my wife and I know her. You That's can, why there, you I know there would love be repercussions. Your wife and love her and be deeply in love with her and not believe in soulmates. Again, I'm not saying that she's not your soulmate. Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm saying, saying they don't I, exist. I'm agreeing. Yeah, you're 100% right. You can How love old your are you? wife. Are you 12? You can love your wife and not believe in soulmates, but that's just not my case. Alex? Yeah, I'm clearly much more comfortable in my relationship than Matt Hamilton is. <laughs> Soul, soulmates is a load of crap. Yeah. Look, I love my girlfriend dearly. She knows this. We live together. As of uh, one year as of today, by the way. Hey, I made, congratulations. I made it a full year. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. I made it a full year without her kicking me out, so that's that's a big accomplishment for me. So I think I'm I'm to the point where I can say, um, look, I, I think there are other people in the world that I could fall in love with. I won't, and I will never try to. But I, I, I do believe that there was more than one person for me out in the world. But I'm not going to try to figure that out. Yeah, I just don't want to be on record saying that. That's not, but that's but not the that's point. that's bad. Okay, that's, but that's wait, fine. But what is marriage? Marriage is, you fell in love, you choose someone, <laughs> yeah. and you're going to choose to love that person for the rest of your yeah, life. absolutely. Okay, so that, I'm not saying that you're out seeking a non-existent magical fairy dust uh, soulmate out no, there in the no, world. No, and I, I agree. I'm so not. Like, it's not a negative thing. It's just saying that... Because we'll, if you look statistically, Here's the thing. I know my work. wife would appreciate it more if I said I believed it, so I'm just going to stick with that. Why? Because she likes fairy tales, Jim. She oh. likes the idea of soulmates and stuff. That is something that is some, like, girl, some women like that. So you play the game, and I am, I'm not playing a so game your right wife now. Believes I believe in soulmates. this 100%. <laughs> so your wife <laughs> believes in soulmates. Here's the thing. If I'm... It's it's better to just assume that she does because if she doesn't, then at least I'm on the right side of the fence. If if I'm wrong, you know what I mean. I'm just hedging my bet right now. There's no, I can't go wrong saying that. Yes, I believe in soulmates. I, there will be no trouble for me. Oh goodness! And but Strofe, you're not as afraid. Not even a little bit. I just can you imagine like if it became a discussion? I don't even want to try and defend that side. I just want to be like, no, I believe in soulmates just like you. And if she's like, Matt, I don't believe in him, then I can maybe like, okay, you're right. But, but I won't say that you, but until do you she have, does. Do I you need have conf a, confirmation that my wife doesn't believe in it first, too. But you don't have a vibe that what your wife would believe on it? Yeah, my vibe, she believes it. Right, That's my can, vibe. Can we acknowledge the fact that Matt is just beating around the bush that he doesn't believe in soulmates? Yes. He just keeps saying, Don't I'm not put that in it. my mouth. Yes. You, <laughs> just, you just, you literally just said, Don't you I, put those demons on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> you literally just said, Unless I get confirmation, yes, she yes, also yes. doesn't believe in soulmates, I'm not All saying. Right, so record that. Exactly. Email it to Jen. <laughs> Thank you. I do you have guys, her email. Yeah, I'm pretty convinced you guys were just trying to get me to, in trouble this segment. No, because. Because it you doesn't. Just, why would you get in trouble for it? Well, not you know, not trouble, but maybe a stern talking to. Uh, here's how. <laughs> here's how I get in trouble. Did you love anyone before your wife? No. <laughs> <laughs> my mom and my dad. Yeah, I'm with Matt on this. Me neither. Never. Really? I mean, real talk. My longest relationship prior to my wife was like eight months.
oh, in really? high school. So really? no, I I can probably honestly tell so you. So here's no. your eight months you love somebody, even if it is in, in high, high school. school. Come on, okay, so, maybe at the time I thought it, but looking back on, it, I was like, that so was puppy. Here's was the selling. romantic part of it, real. and actually, I'm pretty sure my wife does not agree with me on this one. So. I've told her, like, I thought I loved people, but now it's like, uh, thank you. this is love. The rest is like puppy love or different feelings, other words, stuff you lost, whatever lost, it was. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't pining. love. Like, pine, like, <laughs> but also, like, you're proje- a lot of times early dating, you're projecting, I need to date this person or this is going to make me complete. Like, there's so many, you have to grow as a person. So I do believe in timing, and I do believe in loving the right person at the right time is the most important thing for a marriage and for it to work. And you can love people at the wrong time. But to truly love someone, you kind of have to, like, Strofe now is probably truly getting to, like, the love someone side of things because he's been with his significant other for a while now. Yeah. Uh, And now lived with him for a year. Let's get to uh, Rob Madison. What up, guys? Hey, what up? I totally believe in soulmates, too. There's this girl on Instagram, Athena Paris. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't know it yet, but she's my soulmate. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know what? Put it out in the ether. Best of luck. Hey, I, I hey, hope you're right. Hey, hey I'm going to post it on Twitter right now, and I guarantee, number one, you will not get the video or the song out of your head for the rest of the day. Perfect. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. All and, right. And good luck with your soulmate. Yes, good luck with that. Yeah, probably end up in a straining order. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you indeed. <laughs> Zena D chimes in. My current soulmate is a Coors Light, but she always leaves me every 30 minutes and passes me on uh, to her fuller sister. <laughs> Like Zena D. Yeah. Uh, 844770. Sometimes the mountains are 3776. Do you believe in soulmates? We're going to have Lee from Where's Chris joining us next segment here. We're going to do a little thing where Matt made a, a cookie and he's going to share some uh, recipes and maybe talk some shop with Lee from Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. But yeah. also, we're going to talk a little bit of Green Bay Packers with Lee from Ruth's Chris Steakhouse as well. But we're going to be testing him. Like, obviously, when you go to a bar, you're hanging out, maybe having some happy hour because there is no better place in town to have happy hour. You want to be sure that the people that run the establishment and the bartenders can talk a little sports and talk some shop with you. So as much as he's testing me on my cooking prowess, we're testing him on his sports banter prowess. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Here she go, either a little too high or a little too low. Got no self-esteem and vertigo, because she thinks she's made of candy. Hey, ho, here she go. I've never seen a Green Bay Packers team with more question marks. Ever. A long time. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven position groups that are bad. Matt Hamilton fancies himself a foodie, and we thought we'd bring in an expert uh, from our favorite happy hour spot, Rooster's Steakhouse in Middleton. Lee Drap is here with us. Matt Hamilton, Jim Rutledge. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Lee, thank you so much for uh, stopping in today. We're going to talk a little bit of football, but we're also going to let you and Matt uh, maybe nerd out a little bit yeah, on some nerd, food. I think nerd out's right in. Because Matt... You know, he does. He loves to cook. He's got all these different theories. He brought in a cookie that you can try on the air here in a second. He'll tell you what's in it. But uh, thank you for coming downtown. Hey, it's my pleasure as always. Yeah, thanks, gentlemen. A pleasure to see Matt here, too. Yeah, yeah. It's very Given rare. my attendance record, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm glad I was able to make it. Um, no, I'm super excited. I, big foodie. So first off, I've got a recipe that I pulled out on Monday. I want to know if it would make the menu for you. Not the cookie. I'll get into the cookie. I know that makes dessert. That thing, that, the cookie's fantastic. But the dinner I made the other day was I did a fried rice, you know, normal fried rice, egg. I had a little uh, bok choy in there, some onion. Look at you. Spring onion at the end. Uh, seasoned it up, kind of made it like a teriyaki. And then what I did is I made a miso salmon where I used miso zested the lemon onto the salmon and then I scored the salmon up really good so it would uh one peel off the skin really good when I was done cooking it and two expose more of that flesh for that miso to get in and really marinate it so I probably 
I, I dry brined it for about a day, and then the next day I marinated it for about four hours. Put it on the smoker at 250 for about 20 minutes. Got that internal to about nice. 138, and then covered it and let it just kind of rest up to that 145 temp. And I just yeah, I served that over the top of uh, the rice, and we did a side of asparagus, and that was uh, that was the dish. And I, I plated it really nice with it. You know, it was all piled. That's how you know it's gourmet. When you cook <laughs> it home, you put a pile on the left side of the plate for the rice. The salmon goes on <laughs> the left side of the plate, and then uh, you know the asparagus goes in at the bottom. If you want to make it gourmet, you put that pile of rice in the middle. You maybe put that salmon just angled on the corner, nice. and then at the other angle, you put the asparagus kind of towering up on it. It looks a little more fancy pants. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. and then yeah. obviously when I was done, I had a little bit more of that uh, that glaze and just did a nice little drizzle over the top for aesthetic. Do you wear a chef's hat when you're doing this? No, but I do have a chef's coat that I do like to <laughs> nice. wear when I'm cooking and grilling. So I I do have a chef jacket that I like Does to wear. Does it say anything on it? Uh, no. No, I did not. I never had it embroidered because <laughs> I never felt like, I, since I was never formally trained, I d- d- can't take chef status. I'm just a cook. I'm I think you could listen to this uh, recipe. Yeah, there's, you know, I, I could probably get some formal training in, and I think I'd be ahead of the game if I started like culinary school. But definitely not going to take that chef, take that chef hat quite yet. I'll okay. just stick to a ball cap and a chef coat. Okay, okay. <laughs> so Lee, you are uh, impressed with Matt's uh, recipe there? Super impressed. Yes. Yeah, and honestly, that probably took me like an hour and a half to make. Okay. Right, including all the prep and everything. Uh, the, obviously the day before I pulled the salmon out, put it in the fridge and you just like salt it like you normally would and let it just sit in the fridge. And what it, what it does is builds up this thing called a pellicle. And what it's doing is that that skin kind of gets tacky. So when you do go to cook it and cook it low, that kind of like tackier outside will hold moisture in. So, and that stickier outside will kind of like hold some of that smoke as you're smoking it. So it's really important to nicely like dry brine your salmon before you cook it. Pellicle. That yeah, gift. right? Wow. I bet I you didn't that see that up. one coming, Strophy. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Matt is so <laughs> happy right now. So, hey, I'm chuffed. Yes, that, Matt <laughs> Hamilton. We got Lee from Ruth's Chris Steakhouse in Middleton. So thumbs up there. Now, on the counter side here, we have Mr. Alex Strofe. And Alex, uh, behind the glass here, what was your latest uh, culinary uh, creation. Oh yeah, Jimmy. I'll tell you all about it. Friday, Friday morningly, I grab a bag of great value frozen meatballs out of my freezer. I toss them in the crock pot with freshly chopped mushroom and onion, and then two, uh, two like two jars of tomato sauce, um, and then threw some sugar and oregano in, and, and I, I crock potted those puppies for thirteen hours. Actually, delicious. Were they already cooked too? Uh, well, they're frozen. So yeah, yeah. Those are usually yeah. pre-cooked, yeah. yeah, yeah. Perfect. Well, I'm glad you... So. Safety first. I'm glad you got them 13 hours on warm. Yeah. They were actually delicious. They were all-apart tender. <laughs> He's got passion with them right there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Lee. I'm, I'm the next Matt Hamilton. <laughs> i got to come work for you. I mean, I, I could serve up some... Uh, never mind. There will never be great value meatballs at Ruth's Chris. Uh, Stro- I, guess, I, you yeah. might be able to bartend. You have the personality to bartend. Yes, the bartenders there are amazing. It'd be tough, but... Um, yeah, I think Strove would make a great He wouldn't bartender. have the memory, because I've said before, Facts. Kevin, the bartender, I walk in, every time he still knows I want the old-fashioned, and he knows exactly how I want it, and sometimes I'm like, hey, you're right, I do want that. Like, I like, I forgot, I want that here. So, uh, how how does that happen? I mean, you have some staff at, at Roost that's been there for a long time, obviously it's a big key to your success, but like, that's got to be fun to have like people who uh, are regulars that your bartender knows everything that they want to order. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Kevin's the all-star of that. It's amazing. I mean, he hasn't, he won't see somebody for 10 years, and somebody will go, I just can't believe it. He said hello, and he brought me with my drink with the twist, and just the way I like it. That is remarkable. Now, Matt, uh, you're always behind the scenes there. Never front of the house guy, is that right, basically? Uh, when I was real young. So uh, in the state of Wisconsin, you can get your bartending license at 18 years old. Okay. So when I was 18 and 19, I bartended at a little joint that's no longer there in McFarland called the Beach House. Right on the Lake Wabisa. Okay. Yeah, so I have a little front of house experience. Okay. But not a ton. So please share, and then we'll get to Lee's uh, takes as well, and we'll see if he can take your job as uh, a radio host here. Right. But share your, what's in your cookie, the recipe, and let Lee try it. Yeah, and this sounds legendary. He was yeah. very confident yeah. before we started yes. here. Yes. Yeah, so I, yeah. I would like to take 
as much credit as possible for this, but it would be unfair. My wife is the baker of the house. Okay, so, here we go, guys. Yeah, yeah so yeah. this one isn't entirely me. My wife has, we've been keeping sourdough alive, or a starter alive. And when you do that, it you, you add a lot of flour, but the thing is you got to throw a lot away or use it for something else. Well, we like to make crackers with it. That natural sourdough starter, if you just bake it and spread it thin, tastes exactly like a cheese. It you're not adding yes. any cheese. It's the, like it's the natural uh, bacteria in the sourdough, which is giving you that kind of like funky flavor. They're fantastic. Well, anyway, we took some of that extra uh, starter or discard, gave it an extra day to kind of ferment on the counter, and then turned it into cookie dough. And now I have a sourdough chocolate chip cookie for you. And the only issue that I have with it is I should have put a little sea salt on it after it was done cooking. It just could have used a little bit of sea salt. It's, it's a very delicious, sweet cookie. A little cakier than we normally would because it was a bread dough that we turned into a cookie dough. But my wife's a fantastic baker, and these turned out super good. So we tried two different things. Uh, one was chilled for like three hours and the other was chilled like overnight but then baked at a way lower temperature so that butter had time to melt and kind of let that cookie spread out a little bit thinner if you have a really solidly chilled cookie dough uh, and you bake it it'll actually hold its shape and sit taller so yeah i have a taller cookie for you and then a like lower temperature more like crunchy cookie there on the bottom that's I, this guy yeah that's the one i would recommend nice okay am i trying this yes or? Yeah, yeah, take yeah, a bite we'll filibuster here for a minute while you try that and then so you... i would serve this one slightly warm you throw that cookie back in the oven one scoop of vanilla ice cream a little caramel a little bit of uh a little bit of chocolate syrup and you got a little cook, chocolate chip cookie a mode but with the sourdough it does add like a tiny little tang to it but it's it's subtle it's super subtle so when I say sourdough cookie, don't think like a sourdough bread with chocolate chips. Think okay. chocolate chip cookie with just the tiniest bit of tang. Okay. It's, and really, then, it's good. So once Lee will give us a rating here, a 1 to 10, 10 being amazing, 1 being... Yeah, it's again. probably better fresh baked. So I made them yesterday, but... Hedging early. It's excellent. It's moist inside. I like it a lot. What kind of chocolate chip is that? Uh, semi-sweet. Mm. We, we don't buy those full... Like your full milk I chocolate like like that are too. too much. They're mm -hmm. too sweet. So yeah, we... Because you're already throwing a bunch of sugar in the chocolate chip cookie uh, dough, so you don't need He's a super sweet this. cookie. One to ten. <laughs> I'm going to give him. Oh, I'm going to give him an eight, but I'm also going to say, um, it, it, if, if that it was, was fresher, fresher you know? it'd be like a nine. And the point he's really missed is it needed sea salt. It does. Yeah. I'm not wrong, right? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's very nice of you, but I'm not wrong. It does need a little it bit of sea salt. salt on top. Yes, it does. But it's uh, delicious. Really good. And well done on just the way you describe it and the passion you have for it and the time you took. And yeah. Well, Again, kudos to your wife. Yeah, really, that's <laughs> what it is. Because it it's, like, it's almost like a daily task to feed your sourdough and then... Like, just keep it going. Cause Show if you feed your sourdough or you, you on top of that. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, Here's the know, thing. There's fans, nothing he's better. He's eating a meatball right now. <laughs> you guys, yeah, I am thinking <laughs> of the meatball sub. A, a, a thrice-cooked yeah. meatball. Yeah. Thrice. Uh, you guys have been speaking a foreign language to me the last 10 minutes. <laughs> All I'm right. a lost here. So let's switch it over. This is Rutledge and Hamilton. We're with Lee from Wiz Chris Steakhouse in Middleton. And Lee obviously has got a great place out there. Amazing food. Amazing uh, happy hour. Amazing staff. Great uh, patio to sit at and everything there. And we'll let you talk about that in a minute. But you're also a big sports fan. And we wanted to get uh, your takes on what Matt Hamilton. So we'll hear, first hear from Matt Hamilton, and then right after that, Lee, you'll hear Mark Tauscher and Jason Wildey react to Matt's take. And I know that uh, you see Mark over at Roost plenty of times as well. So let's hear Matt's take followed up by Tauscher's take, and then Lee can respond to that. I've never seen a Green Bay Packers team with more question marks ever. A long time. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven position groups that are bad. Uh, wide receivers. I'm, I'm going to say there. It's an unknown. So I'll give Hamilton that. It's an unknown. Oh. Tight end. That's not. But, but wait a minute. That's, whoa, whoa, wait. Before you keep going, uh, uh, is he saying that they could be bad or they are bad? Because unknown means they could be bad or they could be good. We don't know. Which I feel like had he said unknown instead of bad, I'd be on his team. I believe the criteria that they measured this with was, would you give them, by a letter grade, a C or worse? A no, C or worse. There's a bunch worse. of incompletes. Well, then right now, if it's an incomplete, that would be worse than a C. So if we're approaching it with that logic, 
Well, I haven't even taken a test yet, some of them. <laughs> all so right. what do you think? First of all, I'm giving these guys a C. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. I think I think that's fair. I mean, I of course, being a Packer fan, you always got high hopes. But uh, I'm excited more than I've ever been being a Packer fan. I I, I was kind of done with the Rodgers time. Yeah, that's and very I was for a while. I think a lot of people jumped on that the last year, year and a half, two years. Yeah. Ago. There's yeah. definitely a lot of fans. Like whenever we had a Rodgers poll, Rodgers lost. Like <laughs> certainly. And Matt, where did you fall into that? Oh, I'm Rogers Stan. I hope he wins the Super Bowl this year. You do? It, as long as like here's the thing. If the Packers <sighs> are in the Super Bowl, obviously I'm not cheering for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets against the Packers. But I would love to see him have success because I'm kind of in the boat that one, I took this stance on him, and now I I want to be like, I told you so. I told you he wasn't like washed yet. He had a bad season with a broken thumb. That doesn't mean he was done playing football and done playing at a high level. So I kind of want to see him play well and succeed. Uh, yeah, I kind of subscribe to like they play eleven games. They're just like five hundred ish, and then he gets injured. Ah. Yeah, like a thumb injury, and then we get Entirely the number possible, one draft yeah. pick, and uh, yeah, and then we have a good season, right? Ah, interesting. But but for him to win the Super Bowl, that'd be tough. I don't know. I was torn when Favre did that. You know, I was kind of like, he's a Viking. I really didn't like that at all. Oh, that one, that really. And then me. I was kind of rooting for him, but when he threw the interception, I was kind of like, well, one, I was like typical Favre, but I, I was, I was torn. I did not yeah, want Favre to make it to a Super Bowl. I was fine. But you with want Rodgers to go to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm in a different position. Well, I didn't want him to go to the Super Bowl with. The Vikings. I was probably fine with it if he would have done it with the Jets. I just was so confident that the Jets were bad when Favre oh. went there that like I wasn't concerned with it. When he went to the Vikings though, and they were good, like I, I, I mean, Brett Favre literally gave the Packers organization the big middle finger and went to the Vikings. Like, is no. It, that that's like the worst thing you he could was do. Being competitive, though, and you know well, I know, I mean? but For like sure. he was being competitive because he wanted to show the Packers yeah. what they passed up on. That's fair, right? Like all these guys, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, they're both petty. They're both going to want to... Like, this year, Aaron Rodgers, he wants to play great, not necessarily for his legacy, I don't think, or for, or for like, the Jets in New York. He's playing... And, and again, this is my opinion. He's playing right now to show the Packers that they shouldn't have moved on from him. Yeah. Like, if he goes out there and lights him up, that's what's going to, like, motivate him moving forward here. And I think he's... He's never played bad when he's had a big chip on his shoulder. So I'm very interested to see what happens this year. I'd like to see Jordan Love uh, do really well for Bear fans like Jim. To just, <laughs> to just like really go, not again. Oh, you man. Know? Two, two wins over Chicago win, this year would oh, be pretty incredible. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> if the Packers go... Two and fifteen, but the two are over Chicago. I wouldn't be that upset. I would feel okay. But you'd have to because then bit. we'd have the first overall pick, <laughs> and I still wouldn't have had to listen to Jim say that the Bears are like past this rain. Well, if the Bears won a division and their two losses, the pack like it has to depend on what Chicago does. Even this, even then, I would still it would make me feel better. Even though Chicago it, could well, literally it, have it, it won't. You could go fifteen and two, and we go two and fifteen. If you're our only. It won't. If we're the only losses, it, it, the, it won't. Yeah. I mean, that won't happen. I know, but like, I know it won't. But like, more likely, the Bears not winning fifteen. They won't going to win fifteen games. But like, you're, <laughs> I, I've been there on that side yeah. of it. Trying to like root against is not that fun. Like, yeah. if you're like, all I got is to beat the uh, Packers or the Bears, not as much fun. Yeah, there, there's literally six games I'm looking extremely forward to right now this year for the Packers. Yeah, and the rest I'm like. Eh. Whatever. What do you think the Packers' record is going to be, the two of you? I I put the over-under at 6.5, and I took the under. Wow, that's low. Here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers only got six wins his first year, (laughs) and Aaron Rodgers had 4,500-plus yards passing. He had, like, 28 touchdowns, 12 picks. He had an absolutely stellar first year. You play to win the game. Not only that, he had weapons on offense and a fairly serviceable defense. We have so much young talent on this team. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to play out, but as of right now, with all those question marks and me saying that they're bad slash question mark, I cannot in good conscience give them more than six wins. I think you'll see flashes of Jordan Love playing good. I think you'll see this defense show you flashes of elite. I think you're going to see a lot of like good things that give you hope for the future. But I don't think this young team is going to be able to finish out close games, and that's where I think we're gonna. The big difference is going to be if we have six games that are one score, we're going to be one and five, two and four. 
Yeah, but six six and under that's that's a tough one. I mean, they're a talented team. I mean, they've been they were talented the last four years. I know Rogers is very valuable, but mm-hmm. you got a solid defense. You got a lot of good weapons in some degree, uh, at least for running back. A little bit, of, a little bit of a line back. and. And a lot of those youthful guys, I think they got a little tired of Aaron Rodgers. Once he's gone, now they can just kind of they ha- they have an opportunity to shine, absolutely, and maybe show their stuff. Now the reality is, is it, it's not as easy as it. Yeah. Well, Ken Jordan Love put the ball in the same spot that Rodgers was able to. Like yeah. they might not have liked the guy slinging him the pill, but they had to know that he's probably the guy you'd want throwing you the ball if you want to be in the right spot for it. Jordan Love is. You know, I'm hoping for the best. They're I think change he's that be offense a, a little bit too. Yeah, you know? I, I think we're gonna have an. Uh, it's gonna be an interesting season. Uh, but like I guess I, I just thought it was a nice little over under. I personally think it's the under at six and a half. But there's a couple over fans here. We got some people that think more. So Lee, before we let you go, and you, Matt, I have I'm doing a contest. Matt and I are gonna compete against each other, so you guys can talk more Packers and food uh, out in the the bullpen there. But what is your number then for the Packers this year? You know what? I'm going to be aggressive and say, and I don't really think this too much, but yeah. since you're putting me on the yeah. spot, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say 10 wins. All right. Let's go. All right. All right. Let's go. I love it. Let's go. Optimism. All right, Lee, uh, thank you so much. Again, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse in Middleton, best happy hour in town. You, Whatever it is, you want to hang out on the patio, you want to have a date night, you want to uh, just have a good time with some friends. Impress some clients. Impress some clients. Uh, impress a gold medalist, Matt Hamilton. <laughs> uh, you can go to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse in Middleton. Lee, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Jim, it's always a pleasure. Matt, so nice to meet you, too. Yeah, you as well. Thanks for coming in. For sure. All right, we're going to do a minute to win it, so that means caller number five and caller number seven, 844 76. Call number five and call number seven. You're competing for a gift card. 844-770-3776. Call number five and call number seven. Uh, we'll play Minute to Win at 844-770-3776. A $50 gift card. 844-770-3776. Call number five and call number seven. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. A finalist for Best of Madison Radio Team. Vote at channel3000.com. People really like this show. I don't want to pick sides. This is the Minute to Win It, presented by North and South Seafood and Smokehouse, with three locations in Madison, DeForest, and Verona. Yeah, it is. Time to play Minute to Win It, brought to you by our great friends in North and South Seafood and Smokehouse. Three locations, whichever three you go to, it's going to be an amazing experience. They got fantastic seafood there. You can do some crab legs. You can do some shrimp. But, of course, their barbecue, the ribs are second to none. The brisket is my favorite there. I will say the burnt ends really rival the brisket. If you want to treat yourself, the burnt ends over at North and South Seafood Smokehouse are fantastic as well. The winner of this is going to get a $50 gift card to North and South Seafood Smokehouse. So, Matt, let's play some Minute to Win It. Matt. Who the hell's Matt? Sorry, Alex. Let's play some Minute to Win It. That sounds better to me. All right, Jimmy, today... I am looking for the top nine regular season records over the course of the last three seasons. That's 2020 through 2022 in the NFL. Now, a new rule today. Okay. I've noticed that when we give out strikes, they're usually pretty good guesses. So there is four teams tied for 10th. It will not count towards your score, but if you guess any of those four teams, it's not going to count as a strike. Okay. Because I think a good guess deserves to be rewarded and not uh, demoted. So... You're going to get a minute to guess as many of these nine as you can. The top nine regular season records over the course of the last three seasons in the NFL. Makes sense? So is that combined or just like whoever had the top record? Oh, good question. It is combined. The three okay. seasons combined. Okay. Record. Good question. Thank you. Ready to go? Yep. And three, two, one. Packers. Packers are number three. Chiefs. Chiefs are number one. Bills. Bills are number two. You have the top three. Ravens. Ravens are number nine. Good pull. All righty. Uh, Packers, Chiefs, Bills, Ravens. Uh, let's go with the hmm. Eagles. Eagles is a good guess, but no dice. That's strike one. Okay, so let's go uh, what, San Francisco. San Francisco is number eight. All righty. Um, got about 30 seconds yet, Jimmy. You got plenty of time and one strike. All right, so the Rams, you got Arizona. No, you got Tech. I'm not going to go down that way. New Orleans. Excuse me, New Orleans, good guess. They're tied for 10. So no strike, okay. but no dice. Okay, I'll throw out uh, the Steelers. Steelers are number five. All righty. 
Let's go with the uh, Vikings. Three, three left. Vikings also tied for 10, so no strike but no dice. All righty. The Giants, no way. Um, Washington, no. Um, down south, Miami. Let's, Five Miami. Miami also tied for 10th. Wow. Okay. So you got three of those four. The team you missed tied for 10th was Seattle. Okay. That was one I was going to guess there, too. Uh, so. You only missed two teams on the normal, or excuse me, three teams on the normal nine. So you got a sixth spot there. Pretty good outing for you. Okay. All righty. Uh, uh, let's, let's, can we flag down Matt yeah, real we'll quick? Yeah, we'll try. Uh, can, I don't know where he is. I don't know why he doesn't, he, yeah, why he, he's well, wandered I'll try off. his cookie in the meantime. It is a good cookie. I will give him that. Oh, that's a damn good cookie. Right? So before we get Matt, though, tomorrow we're going to be at X-Golf in Madison. So make sure to come visit us out at X-Golf in Madison for he our live broadcast. Right. He doesn't know that. So as he enters the studio, we're not yep. going to tell him. Nope. Just to see if he shows up. All righty. All right, Matt Hamilton. First of all, Strophy, how's that cookie? Pretty damn good, as I just said on the air. Yeah. Good job yeah. with that. All right, Matt Hamilton. We are tight on time. So are you ready? Yes. All right. All right. I'm not even going to tell you the topic. Go. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, Jake, by Pittsburgh the way, Steelers. Jake was caller five. He's cheering for Jim. Don, a drummer, cheering for another drummer. Nice. That was caller seven. All right, I am looking for the top nine regular season records over the last three seasons in the NFL. It's 2020 through 2022, and these are combined records. So I'm looking for the nine teams oh, okay. Okay, with the best it. combined records over the course of the last three seasons. Now, there is an add to this week's Minute to Win It. There's four teams tied for 10th. They're not on the list, but if you guess any of those four, it will not be a strike. So oh, okay. those will not count toward uh, strikes. So Let me guess. Jim got eight. Jim did not get eight. Oh. I will tell you that. He may have gotten nine or seven, though. May have. Okay. All right. You're t- you get the, you get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Your time starts in three, two, one. Packers. Packers are number three. Uh, Chiefs. Chiefs are number one. Um, Bills. Bills are number two. You have the top three. Um, Ravens? Ravens are number nine. Um, San Francisco? San Francisco's number eight. Um, Eagles? Eagles are not on the list. That's strike one. Okay. Um, how'd Tampa Bay do last? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is on the list. They are number four. Ooh, okay. Um, who am I missing there? You're missing five, six, and seven. You got 25 seconds. Dolphins. Dolphins are tied for 10, so no strike, but no dice. Okay. um, Who seems like they've been okay? I feel like Tennessee's been okay. I'll go Tennessee Titans. That'd be a correct guess. They're number seven. Nice. You're missing Um, five and six. Five and six. Dallas hasn't been very good. Five seconds. Five seconds. Uh, Patriots. Incorrect. (laughs) Um, Okay. Bengals. Don't, it's incorrect, but you okay. didn't even need it because Matt is our winner today. Oh, my hey, gosh. Win it. Woo! It's been so long. It's been a long time. You got <laughs> seven right today, Matt. So let's just run through the list quick, and then we'll get, get out to a I point. I got six right. So Yes, yeah, uh, Jimmy with a six spot. So you did actually beat him. You didn't even tie him. This is the first time he's actually beaten me because I think the last time he won, he tied. I think you're correct. It's been a while. So, yeah, it has been a while. All NFL right. is his sweet spot. It is. Yeah. That's why I went with that. It's the only thing he knows. All right, here we go. <laughs> One through nine. Number one, Kansas City Chiefs, 40 and 10. Buffalo, second, 37 and 12. Packers were third at 34 and 16, which, by the way, nine of those losses came last year. Tampa Bay, fourth, 32 and 18. Pittsburgh, fifth. Pittsburgh. 30, 19 and 1. Sixth place. Uh, there's a tie for six. Dallas and Tennessee, both 30 and 20. Oh, Dallas. I wasn't sure about Dallas. And there was a tie for eighth, the 49ers and the Ravens. With, you both got both of those at 29 and 21. Tied for 10th, four teams. Vikings, Saints, Dolphins, Seahawks, all 28 and 22. Ah. Hey, I got a win, baby. Let's go. All right. We will. Uh, I want to talk a little maybe Badger recruiting at the top of the next hour. Ooh, interesting. Some in-state commits. We have one decommit from University of Wisconsin, in-state kid from uh, tight end from Wanakee. And then we also had the number one offensive lineman in the state, I think number one overall recruit in the state, go to Minnesota. Interesting. So are we worried about that? This is Rutledge and Hamilton. We said it by Coors Light.